0: Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD, streaming live at wordradio.com.
1: Greetings and good afternoon. Welcome back to word on democracy. We're in the third leg of this marathon day here at the white house. And now the baton has been passed to me. I'm brother Shamari. This is a special episode of groundings. And I want to jump right in. Cause as you can see, we have a lot of people to talk to a lot of people to talk with and a lot to learn and offer. So I'm privileged to be sitting next to administrator Chiquita Brooks LeJour, what does she administer, y'all? With the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, the Department of Health and Human Services. So, what I would like you to do is number one, Medicare, Medicaid. Why are there two ways to approach healthcare in our nation?
0: Such a good question. And in fact, they're now three. three. So, Medicare uh, is mostly for our people who are our elders in our community, people who are over the age of 65, and people with disabilities. Medicaid is for some of the m- most modest income among us. Mm. And then, the, President Obama passed the Affordable Care Act. And so, now I like to say CMS has three M's mm. marketplace coverage. and. Between all three programs, we now are responsible for health care coverage for over 160 million Americans, wow. which is about one in two people in this
1: country. So is a significant is not the primary way that people afford health care. That's right. So in, in the aspect of talking about universal health care, mm-hmm. which a lot of people have been talking about, mm-hmm. I don't hear us talking about it that much anymore. So mm-hmm. let's start there. Yeah. Where has that conversation gone? It used to be a big thing. It used, you know, vice presidents used to want that to be their initiative. And then all of a sudden it's not as not as big a deal as it used to be. Where has the conversation of universal health care gone?
0: Well, I would say this president, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris have done so much since President Obama really passed the Affordable Care Act to make sure that more people in this country are covered. The uninsured rate is the lowest it's ever been. And a big part of that has been the efforts of this administration to make the Affordable Care Act more affordable. So we have record enrollment. The biggest piece is that we still have many states that have yet to expand Medicaid, and that disproportionately affects people of color. We're now up to over 40 states that have expanded, but we still have 10 to go. Uh, and that is a big part of ensuring uh, universal coverage in this country.
1: So universal coverage, if it's known, and most people attest that it's a model way of providing health care to the constituency of a nation state. Mm Why do we still have a bifurcated and now kind of trifurcated, if I can make up a word, yeah. approach to financing healthcare? care? Uh, how come we haven't gotten the memo yet?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I would say America is America in many <laughs> respects. You know, when America you could be American, <laughs> and... <laughs> you know, other countries. And I've spent some time living elsewhere and there, uh, you know, we just have a different model. And a lot of that has been the way health insurance grew up in our country, that we have multiple ways of delivering care. And when Congress changes those laws, we often do it within our system, which means there are multiple ways um, to get coverage. Right now, the way we really need to continue to meet the standard that is the right standard of getting uh, everyone in this country covered is expanding Medicaid because that's the way that our system operates where the mo- people with the most modern modest incomes in our country are covered under the Medicaid program, which is a state and federal mm-hmm. partnership.
1: So I have a theory. I, I want to run it by you. See what mm-hmm. you say. You're, you're a fellow Philadelphian. So, mm-hmm. you can... <laughs> so I, my general theory is that in the places that have adapted, a universal approach to healthcare. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily monolithic, but they they have kind of an ethnic core and and they're clear about their ethnic identity. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: How much of a factor does race play in our ability to adapt the universal standard of healthcare for all of its citizens?
0: Well, I will say that I'll say at the flip way, which is when in states and when we as a country really see that everyone needs to get coverage and it affects all of us. If people do not, I think you see a growing awareness. And I'll give you a couple of examples, right? So COVID, I think people started to have a different appreciation for how important it was for everyone to have health insurance, right? Because when it came down to how are you going to get the vaccine? How are you going to get treatment? Insurance coverage is the best way to do that. And I think that we started to have a different appreciation for it's important that my neighbor has care, it's as important as me having care. Mm -hmm. The same thing happened a couple of years ago when there was a lot of discussion about repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act. Well, when there was that discussion, a lot of people started to understand what that would mean for them themselves. Being a woman was a preexisting condition before the, the Affordable Care Act was created. Insurance companies could charge a woman more than a man. A different ple- people across the country have not been able to afford coverage. And it's really essential uh, that we see that.
1: So then how using COVID then maybe as a, a springboard, mm-hmm. since the premise I'm hearing is that it helped people see and maybe accept the inequity and then want to do something about it mm-hmm. because they were then impacted. Mm-hmm. How is the administration utilizing that COVID moment as a learning moment to push policies that get us further towards a more equitable healthcare delivery system?
0: I think COVID was an incredibly important moment for teaching all of us, particularly policymakers, what works and what we need to do to change healthcare in this country. And the Biden-Harris administration has made it such a priority to make sure that we are talking to a variety of stakeholders. So one of the things that really came clear at the beginning of COVID when the Biden-Harris administration came in, when we started, was that we needed to talk to trusted messengers. It can't just be the government saying, get your vaccine get treatment. It's got to be pastors. It's got to be your local community leaders. It's got to be people on the ground. We took those lessons and said, okay, let's start working with new and partners when it comes to getting people insured and getting people to access their medications. And I think that's a key way that we've made sure our policies are much more focused on communities of color, underserved populations to make sure they're not left behind.
1: So we talk a lot about when we talk about Medicare and Medicaid, Mm -hmm. rightly so or not, we think about elder, elder Mm -hmm. care. Mm -hmm. But our young people, particularly young black men, Mm -hmm. but many other demographics within the black community Mm -hmm. have challenges accessing health care due to cost. That's right. How do they understand the finance structure available to them if they want to seek care instead of dying early due to issues of prostate, um, colon, cancer, all of the different things that are impacting the younger generation of Black people.
0: healthcare is definitely for everybody at every stage of life. And most of the diseases that we see in our society, you need to get care early on so that you catch them early, right? Whether it's mental health, whether it's getting your primary care, uh, seeing your doctor, whether it's just getting your annual checkup. right? And Medicaid is really meant to be base coverage for people who are lower income. There's also, again, Affordable Care Act. President Obama passed it. Marketplace coverage. It is more affordable than ever. So right now, through healthcare.gov, most people who come, four out of five people have been able to find a plan for $10 a month or less. So it's much more affordable and we are really trying to get the message out. And it really is for you to get just your routine care. So then when something comes up, you've already got a relationship with your doctor.
1: So from a policy perspective, what are some of the things? You, I was hearing you say earlier that the way the system is now, these are the options that we had. Mm-hmm. Are there things afoot to really challenge, maybe restructure the system that we have now, realizing that for as long as it's worked, it does not work for targeted groups of people.
0: I would say a couple of things. First, I would say the Biden-Harris administration is really focused on strengthening all of these programs that I've talked about. So when I think of the issues that really affect our community, we have made, maternal health, Mm. a a significant focus. This is from the top, all of us working really hard to make sure we have things like birthing friendly designations for hospitals. We are expanding coverage and making sure that particularly black and brown women really have access to the care that they need mental health. So there, and then of course, the work that we're doing in Medicare to make drug coverage more affordable, which is, quite significant for people. So those are just three areas in terms of expanding our programs today. So back to your question about black men in particular, we are making sure that Medicaid is really trying to providing access, um, doing work to make sure as people are coming transitioning, right, so they have issues where they have other social needs like housing insecurity Mm -hmm. or nutrition, really trying to partner. So those are some things, but I can't underscore the importance of Congress working with the president to continue to push the needle on. We still have 10 states that haven't expanded. And there, there is a gap of coverage. And those are things that we may need Congress to uh, help with.
1: The cancer moonshot Uh specialist was here earlier and talked about and acknowledged the fragmented nature of medical care in in the society. I'm also wondering if COVID and, of course, the American Rescue Plan and things of that nature, as they begin to kind of go away, Mm -hmm. what are your concerns about medical access, the fragmentation and particularly the disenfranchisement that results from that? What's on your brain
0: yeah. So many, um, so many things. We are working as hard as we can to both use our levers where we can. Mm-hmm. So things like you mentioned cancer, we added in our Medicare rules, adding patient navigation services. So when you find out you have a diagnosis and you need some assistance paying for services like that, really trying to provide more wraparound services where we can. Um, I think some of it is about navigation and, really trying to streamline the rules of insurance companies. And that's um, something that's outside of our three programs, Mm -hmm. but even more broadly for those of us who get coverage through their employers and trying to encourage insurance companies to really streamline the process for doctors in part because that helps all of us get the care that we need.
1: Administrator Chiquita Brooks LeSure, thank you for joining us today. Word on democracy.
0: You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 a.m. and online at wordradio.com.